excerpt from Different Ways, Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 23, 16 Tons, Part 2. Ever since I had decided I needed to recover from the seriously strange spiritual events in my life, I had attempted to stabilize myself, and in doing so, I lost the thread. I didn't realize that I was supposed to be learning how to kick it up a notch. I was constantly choosing to dial it down. My real life was spilling into all the places I made small to be safe over the years, and I felt I was being buried alive. My job at the circulation disk was my Waterloo. When push came to shove, I was outmaneuvered by the institution in a legitimately shameful manner. I was told I didn't meet their standards in an evaluation, that I really didn't earn the money I was getting paid. That was my first hint of trouble. It wasn't true, of course. That was just an opinion. But the recession hit, and in the tradition of corporate modeling, I was laid off at 58 years old. What they didn't mention, and I suspect was a factor, was the older I got, the more insurance premiums the university had to pony up. They hacked out an alternative to keep me at a lower cost to them, thinking, as they do, without consulting the person who was to be impacted by their decision, me, that they were doing me a favor. Perhaps they intuited I would be so shook up over being so old and unemployed that I would appreciate their proposition, insulting as it was. Perhaps they checked under the hood to estimate my living costs to factor in their odds in gambling with my fate. They had their privilege and they used it as it made them most comfortable. In all honesty, I'm sure they thought that was their job. It was what was expected. There was nothing in the job description about needing any angst to question their own actions when it served the bottom line. Then, when I declined their offer, they burnt the paper trail that held it. I doubt that worried them either. That shocking action validated my decision. All of this reality check made my answer to them even easier. I could take a harsh look at what I had asked for and see what I got. I made my decision accordingly. The truth for me ended up being I was given a choice. Was I going to allow myself to be manipulated and debased for a secure amount of money? Or would I choose to try and be stronger and say no to being jerked around like that? It was actually a no-brainer by this juncture because I was becoming more self-assured through my experiences in writing and learning how to be relaxed with myself and taking charge and managing others. It is not lost on me that the opportunity to obtain these skills was presented to me by the fact I was working in that environment. So when does the appreciation stop and the personal integrity begin? The situation had to give, and I ended up on the winning end. It was not so much because of what the university did for me, 
but what I had learned to do for myself in navigating my life, sharing my skills with them. In spite of how I was compromised, I did a good job there, and I enjoyed working with the students. I hated watching what a corporate orientation was doing to higher education by monetizing the students as resources, though. Working there made it too hard for me to see how I was complicit in the problem. Higher education is a national nightmare, and the entire institution of higher learning squirms under this corruption with millions of graduated students saddled with appalling debt for their, or often their parents, commitment to bettering themselves. In my years with the university, the bottom line had risen to the top, along with all the bottom feeders. That is how bad corporate mentality is. It is a cancer, and it feeds on its host. I see that layoff and my choice to not stay when offered as a blessing now. It was like a magical off-ramp appeared once I was ready to see my way clearly. Unfortunately, that ramp dropped me into the middle of nowhere. It took a long time for me to figure out what to do. I became very strategic about my ways and means, and I applied for absurd placements in desperation to get by. It was not my finest hour in that regard. A girl does what she needs to do, though. I hoisted up my panties and forged ahead. I did that, foolish though I appeared. I spent some time groveling and begging in order to keep my home. Money is rarely an issue for me unless I don't have any. Then all of a sudden survival kicks in and it's all about the bread and butter. I was above nothing and applied to work anywhere. It was hard to imagine that the first house I had ever bought just a few years prior would be in jeopardy. I took a chance when I left that job, and I managed with help. People stepped up with unsolicited support. I was very moved, inspired, and encouraged by this generosity. I took the skills that I learned from taking care of my mother and applied it in being trained as a caregiver for a living. I had to work hard at learning the skills. I am no better as a caregiver on the technical end than I was as a waitress. Service work is extremely hard for me, and likewise very rewarding, but appreciating its importance and wanting to be skilled didn't make me magically good at it. I expanded on my interests in the end-of-life movement in helping people understand the importance of dialogue around the issues of death. I learned the basics of hospice, and I made new friends, deathy ones. I almost made the mistake of picking another role for myself as a death doula, but I aborted the mission when I realized I would not be able to be myself in that way either. So when I became eligible, I retired on my Social Security pension to tell this story that you're reading. My life feels more like something I can work with authentically rather than perform for. That is a huge difference influencing everything all across the spectrum of my life. No more indentured servitude. If I had one wish for my younger self, it would be to have realized this when I was in my 30s. But it didn't have the backbone nor the understanding then. Also, I realize now that I needed to take myself through all of this, choosing for myself. 
Fortunately, my sons got the message and bailed on the illusory American dream constructed by a system designed to use people like commodities. Everything in its own time for me. I reside in my own skin on my own terms. Life feels too valuable to hand it over to someone for mere money. Once I found the thread and picked it up, I was able to live in gratitude. The American dream is no longer what is manufactured. The American dream is the red thread of diversity and compassion and the flow of faded, benevolent connections. Authenticity has a value, and this is what brings true opportunity, liberation, and democracy. Thank you for listening.